Worker. I'm Chris Kousalis, and I am joined with my co-host, Katie McCullough. Katie, good afternoon. Chris, how's it going? It is, it's going good. Um, preparing for this podcast today, I, I, I scared myself a little bit. I know that you told me I'm not supposed to sell fear, um, so I'm not really trying to sell fear. It, it, it kind of scared me. So the, the podcast today is about ransomware and being prepared for a ransomware attack. So with, with that being said, I, you know, I, I did a little bit of research and I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. So looking at uh, some of the first ransomware attacks that, that ever really happened, or at least have been documented, it happened back in 1989 and it was the AIDS Trojan where 10,000 floppy disks, I think it were, was, were sent out to uh, healthcare, um, people who were gonna go to the healthcare conference and if you put this floppy disk in your computer and downloaded it, you were required to send $189 to a PO box in Panama to restore access to the systems, which which I kind of laughed at that when I read it, but I'm I'm sure it was like, oh, it, it's as terrifying as me looking at what's going on with ransomware now, where it's ransomware as a service. And, and you know, if Chris Kousalis wanted to, you know, start an, another business, I could just yeah. sign yeah. up. Well, I'd have to move to a country <laughs> where I couldn't be extra, extra from, but um, yeah, they, they make it so easy. It's, it's like the next Amway. Hey, if you get a bunch of people involved here, uh, you're gonna be a billionaire in no time. So yeah, it, it's a little terrifying. So with that, I'm gonna kind of stop and let you let you talk about the uh, you know ransomware and you know really how you can be prepared for it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little secret, but promise me you won't tell anybody else. Um, <laughs> I I I experienced ransomware firsthand. It's been years ago. Um, I bought a laptop um, at just a local local place. I was doing a lot of traveling, and I just I needed something for my own home use. And I did the inevitable. I I was like, ah, I'll get I'll get my antivirus set up on it in a little bit. And I waited. And guess what? I you know obviously went to the wrong site or something. I clicked on something because the next day I booted it up, and I had the infamous you know just big page of hey pay us else you're not going to get your data. Well, the good story there is I just gotten the thing, so it didn't have any of my data. I didn't mm -hmm. care. I just cleaned it and started from square one so yeah everybody's susceptible you know and it's just you know it just takes a nanosecond or the wrong click or the wrong thing and now in my circumstance right it was just one little workstation now what if that had been my personal device for 10 years and i had all my photos yeah. on there and and financial information and just you know it just goes nowhere quick then you think about the companies and now you've got all these different avenues these guys go after to um, get company data. And most importantly, they're trying to get throughout the corporate environment, right? They don't want just one laptop. Yeah. They want to get admin privileges. They want to get at whatever, you know, family jewels that company has, whether it's a data or service or whatever it is. But it, again, we could go down so many avenues regarding ransomware. And, and they um, said it's become it's become like a, a four-headed monster now. It started out, hey, we're just going to encrypt your data unless you tell us we're not going to give it back. Then it moved to the threat of, hey, you know, we're going to release your data 
as well as we're going to encrypt it if you don't give it back. And then it turned into, hey, and we're going to continue disrupting you until you uh, pay us. And then the one they said it's at now, it's now not only are we going to do those three things, you know what? We're going to go after the users whose information we stole. And so, right. it not, I mean, it's just, it's morphed into this, this monster. Yeah. Well, these guys are after a return on investment, right? I mean, to your point, it's a business. And and they're making business decisions based on the you know return on investment that they plan to make on this. To to the to the degree that now there's negotiation companies that just specialize in this. So if you get hit, you just call a uh, Billy Bob Joe's. I'm sure that's not the name of it, but uh, organization. And they're like, oh yeah, we dealt with these guys last week. Yep, let me give Freddie a call and we'll see if we can negotiate down the price. It's like <laughs> this is a business. Yeah, it is. Well, and to your point, there's all sorts of businesses now that around it, right? Obviously, cyber insurance companies—it's—it's it's top of mind for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, you know, it, I kind of view them as the realtors of the cyber insurance space because, right, when you go to a realtor and you're like, "Hey, I need—I need new flooring or I need an electrician," right? And that realtor has their Rolodex of all I these can hook different. Hook you up. <laughs> I can hook you up. And they do. They, you know, they know folks that can broker those conversations, right? They know folks who you can pull in as your IR. So, I mean, it, it is a valuable service, um, but they're also um, there to make sure they don't have to pay out, right? So now more and more, there's all these controls they're going to ask about in order to get cyber insurance. Again, just so many avenues. But, you know, the thing I would ask everybody to pause and think about, because we are there, you know, it's the inevitable. It's not about uh, if, it's about when. And like with anything in life, you do not want to be planning. You are you do not want to be for the first time you're dealing with something, the first time you're thinking about it, right? Yeah. And so one of the things we really encourage customers, whether we're helping them through it or not, it's something we've done. Talk about that scenario. If you actually had to pay, yeah, believe me, I am all in. You do everything you can do to prevent it, detect it, recover from it, but there can always be a scenario that you may have to consider what what would happen if I had to pay? Who would I call? What would I even consider payments? Yeah. And and you have to do it somewhat um, thoughtful, right? You have to kind of go through, and it's, it's similar to a DR plan or business continuity, right? What are the most important things to your business, right? Inventory those out. Is, this data is very important to us. Would we pay for this data? Not only if we couldn't uh, get it unencrypted, and more and more, most people don't even worry about it. They can do the restores. Mm-hmm. It's back to your scenario of they got the data, they exfiltrated it. Now they can do whatever the heck they want with it. Yeah. Um, and so you just take some time, talk to your business about what is the critical data? What from a true financial impact would it be if we if that data were be to be exposed? And as you talk through it, you may find, you know what? Yeah, it wouldn't look great, but it's not worth millions of dollars. But you're having that conversation up front instead of the heat of the moment. Because I guarantee you, you're going to make a different decision in the heat of the moment than you would if you sat back and planned through that. So, and you said you got to think about it like DR. So people do tabletop DR tests. You know, they're they're running those scenarios all the time. They they want to understand what's going to happen, where their people are going to go. So So you're saying... You need to run, you know, a ransomware attack practice scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's multiple things, right? It's 
it's understand it's you have most people are going to have what you call an incident response plan right mm -hmm. and and that's specifically to from a security perspective now there are different scenarios right that are going to play out in an incident response maybe it's a situation limited to one desktop but you still need to take actions on that right or maybe it's an incident response plan that now you've got something endemic through the whole environment right that is going to be a much more uh a much longer incident response plan but it's all it's got some basic components right who you're going to notify how are you going to pull people in and i'm saying one of the key components to consider in that incident response plan is a scenario and nobody wants to think about it but the scenario is what if you got to pay who are you going to involve what's your limits and some of that might have to do with the cyber insurance you got and who makes that decision because it's it's not going to be the cio you know we you know the ceo the cfo need to be involved so you need a direct line to them so hey i'll, I'll I, i've told you this is the data that's that's stolen this is what it means to us if it gets out this is what cyber insurance security says we can do this is what they're asking for mr ceo mr cfo what do you want to do well it could go further than that border directors need to know that information right there's um there's all sorts of government entities i mean we were talking about this before that if you pay something and and you find they find out that payment went to a terrorist uh organization you could be on a list that uh penalizes you even more from the federal government so there are all sorts of logistics you got to be prepared for you, you just so you need to plan for it you know yeah there are scenarios there's there's guidance you can get out there on how to plan for it you can always work with a partner like ourselves to how you plan for it but then to your point you test that plan do not let it be the first time you're walking through it when you're actually dealing with the scenario you know it, yeah every scenario is going to be a little different some you know who's available to talk about it could be a little different but i guarantee you it is such an important investment to spend an hour or two just just walking through some of those scenarios and catching some of the obvious hey we should have done this or that um, and you and you touched on that that uh, and, I, and i looked this up because I, I it was just unbelievable to me that if you pay you could be you could be breaking u.s law but the u.s uh department of justice has the office of foreign assets control or the olfact um division and they've got a list of countries and organizations and people that it's illegal to do business with and and they said that you know one of the you know you have a your incident response you have to be following there's a lot of different rules and i looked at some stuff and by all means don't don't take my word on it but they said you need to check your incident response for for a ransomware attack and it's like okay do i have one and then they, they said the first thing you need to do is notify law enforcement so if you notify law enforcement it's just like if if you know if you know god forbid somebody was taken you know hostage and they said i want to ransom for them um if you get federal government involved with it then they can say okay they're on that list but you contacted us if it's your decision to pay them then you're not going to be hit with those ramifications but unless you're practicing it like like you're saying you, you don't even know that exists you just pay them and you're like whoa wait a second i paid ten thousand dollars and now i'm going to prison so right, yeah right well and, you know it's frustrating i i get it because everybody's got a business to run and running a business is not you shouldn't have to think about ransomware and it, it but it also shouldn't be something you know you're 
you're spending a lot of effort on, but just, you know, parse out some time, talk to some partners and just don't let it blindside you. I mean, that is the, to me, that's the number one challenge with security is, is you can get blindsided by this stuff. Whereas, you know, if you take a little bit of time to think about it, to run through either a control control set or a framework to understand where you're at and don't be blindsided by this stuff. You know, at least have a conscious dis discussion with your other business units that, hey, propose this. Can we just talk through? Can we just get a short list of what's our valuable data? And again, you can pull it from whatever DR or business continuity plan you have and just talk through it. Um, I, I, I just it, it generates really good business conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so much of that can be used in other contexts of how valuable is this business and is it really the, worth the infrastructure we have running on it or the services? I mean, it, it's just interesting how it can drive all sorts of other avenues of conversation. It, go, it goes down to like the tiering of your data, how fast you need these applications back up. I mean, that that breaks it down into these. These are critical. If we get hit with ransomware on these, um, we got to pay. If we get hit with, right. like you said, if we get hit on ransomware with these, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Right, because, you know, as we've talked through it with customers, you know, one of the things you always talk about, and again, this is from a DR perspective, but it applies here too, is data may be critical, but you may be able to go without it for a week or even a month. Say mm -hmm. if it's billing, right? Maybe you can go a month and you don't have to do billing every day, at least for most companies. You know, and, you know, is that a, a area of data that you can think through more and, and really plan? Or is it, no, it's the mission critical data. If we don't get it back up, we're losing millions of dollars of business every day. I mean, just to put that same data that, you know, you're thinking about from a business continuity and DR into the context of a ransomware event. Um, again, it, it's it's a little bit of time up front to give you some peace of mind knowing that you've thought through it without just being thrown into it. Mm -hmm. Well, good conversation. Um, I'm, I'm still a little scared of everything that I've <laughs> that I've looked at, but uh, it's helpful to know that that organizations are should be thinking about this and there's organizations out there that'll help them do it. And, you know, you know, we can be one of those. So absolutely. Yep. Well, well um, why don't we why don't we take a little break here and then uh, we can kind of come back and uh, we can wrap this up. Perfect. Thanks, Katie. All right. So welcome back. So we really can't stress enough the point that the that this conversation is not about paying ransomware. We're not advocating anybody to pay ransomware. What we're saying is you really need to understand what happens if there's a breach in your organization and what your options are and where your valuable information sits and what you would do. That is what we're advocating. Understand what's important to your organization, and and we talk about you know assessing your environment um, to understand what's important to it, and and it's uh, it's more of a of a subset of controls within um, like the CIS uh, control yeah, set. Exactly, Chris. I mean, when you look at again, there's a whole attack chain that happens for ransomware to just be. Um, permeated through a company's environment. And at every step of the way, you could either prevent or detect that, whether it's reconnaissance, um, command and control, getting to domain access, right? Every step, there is a preventative measure, a detective measure that you could put in place. And 
um, while that, you know, a full assessment is going to look at all those controls, you know, even if you just looked at a subset of controls that are very specific to ransomware, I mean, there's always mitigating opportunity, some controls that mitigate others and stuff like that. But there's a subset of just foundational controls that if you have those in place, you at least know where you're at in the fight against ransomware. And so, you know, the other thing we do is encourage customers and probably on a, you know, even more regular basis. And again, working with partners or just knowing that control set and self-assessing, um, you know, just that specific area, especially if it's, if you believe it's a bigger threat for you, things like healthcare, unfortunately, I mean, just disgust me to even have to say that, that that would be such a target, but we've seen it be such a target that our healthcare industry is, is such a focus. You know, just taking a step back on a regular basis, looking at those controls, right? How are you handling administrative privilege? Because that's what they're going after. That's mm -hmm. what starts to make it they can do whatever the heck they want in your environment, right? And it is, how are you, you know, detecting things on your laptops? Do you have good endpoint protection? You know, that's gonna hopefully stop somebody from being able to click someplace and go someplace, because we know end users are gonna be, um, unfortunately, uh, Chris, you're our weakest link. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So anyway. There's just so many avenues to consider, but, you know, absolutely we can break it down into something simple that uh, we talk through a lot with customers just focusing on some of those ransomware controls, um, but it does fit into that larger uh, full security assessment um, that at some point you got to consider too. Katie, could you pencil down those just handful of controls and we'll put them in the show notes and as a link for, for, the, for the viewers and listeners? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So then everybody, well, you're going to have those uh, handful of controls that you should try to look at on a more consistent basis to protect yourself from ransomware in the show notes. And as we always say, you know, reach out to your trusted partners, talk to them about this, talk to them about looking at the environment, talk to colleagues in the industry, or by all means, reach out to Katie and myself, and we'd love to be of, of assistance. So with that, Katie, it's also a pleasure. Good to talk with you. See you, Chris. Have a great Thanks, week. Thanks, everyone. You too. See ya.